Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host with my other guy on the other side, Mr. Cantu. How'd it do? How'd it do? Hopefully everybody's Thanksgiving week was good. Angel, I don't know if you had a great week. Um, I know our side of the family, we did good. Uh, we went to San Antonio for the weekend nice. to visit some cousins from that side of town. But how was yours? Good, good. It was a good weekend. I went out hunting, got me a little trophy buck, you know, Ooh. brought home the bacon, as you can say. Some some jalapeno sausage later. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I took that yesterday to go get that process. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what what can you make out of deer sausage jerky? You can do anything. Those you little, can like, make well. You can make summer patties. sausage. Yeah, little oh, steak, yeah, the back strap. Uh, uh, those little uh, snack links too. Like those. Oh yeah, those. Mm. Ground beef. You can do a bunch of things. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, but nah, but I just took, but I just took to the you know. The traditional sausage was in a, a summer sausage. We're you gonna do like, um, you know how they hang their trophy bucks or whatever on the walls. Like I, I know some people do that. I don't know. Do you do that? Yeah, I was gonna do that, but I was gonna do just the uh, the skull and the antlers. So that that night when I, when I got back, I you know cleaned off the head. I was gonna boil it to take off the skin, but the burner mm-hmm. didn't work, so I have the head currently in the in the, in the freezer right now. As, just doesn't. imagine at night your wife just going into the freezer, just I don't know what she needs something. Next thing you know, she opens up and she sees a, just that a actually dream. happened. Oh shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking out and things like that. Yeah, you already traumatized her. Yeah, I forgot to tell her it was there. <laughs> anyway, episode 145. We're gonna tell this. Is Alex Bregman on the move? Because there was some big news with A Briggs, a topic of discussion with the MLB analysts. He could be on the move, which is crazy, which, you know, it is his last year of his contract. But at the same time, too, you would want to go out with the bang. And just like the rest of the Astros players, um, they I mean, they've doing that the same way with Correa, Cole, um, Springer. I mean, there, there's they've done that in the past. And currently, Alex Bregman is on that path, too. But he could be on the move with new GM Dana Brown. So have to see about that. We'll also get into Astros Roundup with the new hiring, a new scouting director in Dana Brown's staff. Astros coaching staff might be already established with some couple of moves. And then, of course, we'll be talking about what's the stove cooking in the offseason because the stove is starting to heat up. Winter meetings is upon us. It could be getting going. But, of course, we're going to start off with Alex Bregman. And obviously – there's no secret out there because it's been on social media and things like that. But former New York G, uh, Mets GM and analyst for MLB Network Radio, Jim Dukit, is that there is a chance Alex Bregman may, may not be playing in Houston this year. And, of course, we're going to play the audio here for you. So check it out. I think there is a chance that he may not even be playing in Houston this year. Like, you start to hear his name mentioned in trade rumors and we haven't seen it much out there, but I know I I can say this quietly, quietly. If I'm Dana Brown, I can't resign him. Okay. He's a Scott Boris represented client. They're not going to, they're not going to pay him what like they offered Carlos Correa, you know, in hindsight, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad contract when we know now we, he had the injury and everything else that came back with it, right? But he should have been getting eight, nine, ten-year offers, 
right? And he wasn't from Houston. There, they had this arbitrary ceiling that they were going to go no more than five years or no more than six years. That's what they offered Carlos Correa. And that's likely what they're going to offer Alex Bregman. There's no chance he's staying there. No chance. So if you're Dana Brown, you're going, well, I can't sign him. I That was one of the first things he was trying to do was to, to, to try to keep Bregman, Framber Valdez, Kyle Tucker, all in an Astros uniform. He has signed none of them. He's the only guy he signed so far is Christian Javier. So one of those guys who's going to be a free agent, that's Bregman, I wouldn't be surprised. And we just talked about third baseman. I'm not saying he would trade him to Seattle, but there are teams out mm-hmm. there that would definitely have interest if they were making him available. And you kind of quietly hear his name. They're not shopping him, but they're. I think they're listening. So keep an eye on Alex Bregman. Obviously, that is Jim Duket on MLB Network Radio. And, I mean, you have to agree with him, Angel. You know, honestly, I do not see the Astros bringing him back. Obviously, the uh, like the long term, it's going to be Altuve. If you had to choose between Altuve and Bregman, and we talked about this before, it's going to be Jose Altuve. But, of course, does it make sense? Which we, we I just said I think it does. But in your eyes and your opinion, does it make sense to trade Bregman on his last year of his contract? It does make sense. I don't think it would happen, though, unless it's a good offer, um, you know, from another team. And the reason is just like Bregman has only had one year where he's truly fulfilled his potential. I believe that was 2019 when he was the runner up for uh, MVP that year. But other than that, it's just like you've gotten like an average baseball player for being a second round pick and for like, in the first round, second pick overall. And they know, you know, he's going to be a rental because, like you said, it's going to be a free agent this year. But the Astros are going to be in contention. Like, the Astros are going to be battling for a playoff spot. And trading a name like Alex Bregman at the trade deadline or even before, you know, it just leaves like a bad taste kind of like in, in, like in that bar club, in that like clubhouse, you know, because Alex Bregman is well loved with, you know, in that, um, in that, you know, bar club. So I don't think it makes sense. I feel like it's, you know, you just got to risk it. It's like the Angels with Shohei Otani. Like I'm not comparing them both, but it's just like they're in that situation where you can't trade them, but you know, you're not going to resign them. So might as well, you know, might as well let them write that final year. And honestly, um, I'm going to say this out right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Alex Bregman has a similar year to 2019 this year, just because it's a contract oh. year. He's trying to get paid, like, you know, and he will get paid. Now, how well he does this season will determine how much he gets paid. Like, we're like look at Cody mm-hmm. Bettinger. He was not that good um, for two years. He had a great year. Now, you know, he's waiting it out to see his best offer. I think Bregman could follow in that path as well. I think so too. If he does get into his 20, 2019 form, he will see a long year, like long term contract. But if he does not have one of those great years, like you were saying, I mean, yeah, last year honestly was a good year. 2022 wasn't a bad year either. He gives, you know, the, like I said, the play discipline, the vision, uh, the amount of walks he draws. I mean, he still is a great hitter at the ball, at the, at the, at the plate. But he is not like the potential of a 300 mil kind of guy 
which he could be if he does play like 2019 Bregman this year. But I don't see him reaching. If he does get to 300, great. It could be at 305, but I don't see him going max than that. I, I just don't see it. I also don't see the Astros resigning him either. It's like they're gonna have to pick. It's like yeah, like like you said, it's gonna be between Bregman and Altuve, but not just them two. It's me either Bregman, Altuve, also Tucker and Framber. Like out of those four, like one of those, like like one of those players is gonna be the odd man out. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't lose Tucker already Astros. I wouldn't lose Altuve. That's your leader in the clubhouse, and it's honestly. After it's a toss up between Bregman and Framber, it's just like, who do you want? Like, I feel like, mm-hmm. like, like who can give like the team the best deal? You know, age wise, going to be a factor too. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I, like, I think the Astros are going to lock in Tucker and uh, two ways to be a toss up between Framber and uh, Bregman. Yeah, I think Tucker, you got to sign just because of the fact that he's a threat on the base path. Obviously, the stick is good defensively, gold glove winner. I mean, he, he's displayed it all. And then plus to add on to that, you know, knocking on wood right now that he, he hardly gets hurt. Like he he's hardly on the IL. Durable. I was going to say IR just like football, but IL injured list. Um, you know, he he's always like that. And like I'm looking back on the contracts, you know, Springer, obviously uh, Astros did try to give a contract to Correa. It was like what he was saying about four or five years. Same thing with Springer. They tried signing him in 2014 to a seven year deal. But Springer denied it. And then later on, seven year, 120 million to the Toronto Blue Jays. So you're you're probably seeing something like that similar to you could say Bregman. I could see him going to the 150 to like I said, 200. I I, I feel like that's gonna be where he's at, 200 to 300 range, but I just don't see him going over 305. And I, I also want to agree with you too that I just don't see the Astros trading him this year if this is kind of like so-called quote-unquote the last dance like the 90s bulls which the 90s bulls did win championships that shows on only won two from their what four or five appearances in the world series then you you got to let it ride you got to let bregman continue on see what you could do if it, if the trade deadline comes and the astros aren't in a great position then of course then you you talk you'd start to talk about possibly trading him but if they get a great package for this guy, which the farm system needs some help and could get a kind of like a ready MLB player now, then I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't be opposed and maybe just, you know, listen to it. Because right now, I mean, who are you going to put at third base? I was about to ask that. I, I mean, who do you put? You can maybe put Mauricio Dubon. That's what I was thinking too. But you see, defensively, and I, and I have to talk to Mauricio Dubon, and he's a great defender. But at mm-hmm. third base, that's a downgrade, right? You know, yeah, so it's, that's a huge downgrade yeah. because he was a finalist for the the Gold Glove this year too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a you know not saying Mauricio Dubon can't do it all, but obviously Bregman being in that hot corner for what how many or six seven years with the Astros? Yeah, he, he's developed really well. So we both agree that I I don't think he'll be traded, but if the offer is a good one, press is right. And like you said, the price is right. I wouldn't be opposed to maybe trade him instead of not getting nothing at the end. You know, why not try to get something? And obviously we, we took it to Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. We got to ask everybody their thoughts, their opinion. 
Bobby Vergara, a guy that listens to the show a lot. If Crane feels he can't re-sign him, yes. Stop losing really good players to free agency, which, yes, I agree. Uh, Proud Texan needs to remain an Astro. Ryan Bacaros, the Astros don't trade expiring stars when their contracts are ending up. It's not in Crane's DNA not happening. I mean, we had lots of people chiming in, trying to figure out what to do, what would they do in there if they were in the GM shoes. Yeah, I just think if it's the right price, like we're saying right now, by all means, look at it, take take a great look at it, and then obviously make uh, your finalization from there. Yeah. But since we're still on the topic of farm system and trying to strengthen the farm system, the Astros did make a move hiring a new scouting director per Chandler Rome of the athletic. The Astros are hiring former Arizona Diamondbacks and Kansas city Royals scouting director, Derek Latnier as their new senior director of amateur scouting. Remember Chris Gross did leave the Astros organization to follow David Stearns at Queens flushing New York. Um, and then the quote continues. Latnier oversaw drafts that produced players like Corbin Carroll, Brandon fat, Alex Thomas, Dalton Varsho, Jordan Lawler, who is the number one prospect for the Dimebacks right now, Alex Gordon, Mike Moustakis, Eric Cosmer, and Zach Grinky. Sorry about that and the background. And then also, too, Latinier and Dana Brown had worked together for one season with the Washington Nationals. Angel, I think this is a huge move for the Astros. I think this was a great pick up from Dana Brown and, you know, the, I guess the front office staff and the Astros organization getting a guy like this that has oversaw the draft room and getting players like Carroll, which obviously first year in the majors going to the world series rookie of the year. Alex Thomas had a great postseason. Alex Gordon, great defender. Mustakis, Hosmer. I mean, Zach Greinke, my gosh, I think this was a great move for the Astros front office. Yeah, you basically took the words out of my mouth. I was like, yeah, all of these are great players. Like you said, Corbin Carroll, uh, um, rookie of the year. Zach Green, he could, you know, has some Hall of Fame numbers up there. Like, he'll get some votes. Eric Hosmer, Mike Mustakas, Alex Gordon. You know, what I think that stands out is that all these are dogs. Like mm-hmm. when the lights, when the lights shine the brightest in the postseason when it matters, these guys don't back down. So not only not only is he scouting their baseball talent and if you're being scouted like they obviously have the baseball talent to be in the major leagues but they're also looking about of what you know what this guy's made of and mm-hmm. Alec Thomas was great in the postseason for Diamondbacks Ryan Path shutting out the Phillies when yeah. it mattered the most like Alex Gordon Mustakas Hosmer they all won a World Series ring with the Kansas City Royals and you know Zach Greinke you know, you know, I, I surely believe Zach Gray could have gotten out that inning. You know, because that's ah, don't don't remind us, don't remind just, us, because he's just a dog <laughs> like that. But no, yeah, like like he's not just looking for baseball; he's looking for character, toughness, and just just look at that repertoire right there. Certified dog, I guess you could say yeah, yeah. that he's looking for some dogs just like them guys. Which you, you mean, you said it: World Series champions and players that have gone to the World Series. So. Credit for the Astros front office to do something like that. Try to take one of their best guys and bring them to Houston, which this farm system is very depleting. What, 29, 28, maybe 30th ranked farm system in the majors right now. Uh, I think it's a good move and for the foreseeable future for the Astros. Last but not least, since we're still on the topic of promoting and bringing guys in, the Astros coaching staff. It might be all... Not certified, but um, it might be all hammered down. But Astros uh, manager Joe Espada, which 
he was at the Dynamo game. He didn't see that too, um, handing out the match ball. But he promoted Omar Lopez to be the Astros bench coach. And I said it from the get-go. I knew this was going to happen. They're, them two guys work on the infield numerous times when we're on the field looking at the guys take BP and defensive drills. Uh, he, he's right there by a spot aside. So I think that was a great move. And then also a spot is hiring a familiar face. Dave Clark as the Astros first base coach. Clark played for the Astros in 1998 back in them dome days. Clark managed the Astros in 2009. And then he was a part of the coaching staff from 09 to 2013. Which Astro player was on that team in 2013? Brett Wattis, I think Chris Carter, maybe. Well, currently that's on the Astros then. Oh, Jose Altuve. Exactly, Jose Altuve. Um, and then Clark hasn't coached in the big league level since 2020. Uh, he was the first base coach for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, after that, he managed in the Pioneer, Pioneer League in Idaho Falls this season. And Brian McTaggart had also put out there that players highly respect the dude. So if he's a clubhouse, guys, by all means, I think this is a great pickup uh, for Joe Spada's staff. And then last but not least, Jason Bell will be the quality assurance coach. Bell was the minor league field coordinator and assisting director player development. So I think, you know, promoting a guy like that that's been through the Astros organization from the years in the farm system and finally getting his mark. And like I said, I think a Spada bringing, uh, promoting Lopez, which – Honestly, he could be a manager in the next upcoming years. I think this is a knockout, not a knockout, a knockout of the park, I would say, on, you know, getting guys like this for his coaching staff. Oh, yeah. You know, let a spotter cook. Let, let him cook. Let him cook. The spotter era is here, and Astros fans right now are loving what he's doing. So Astros haven't made any moves. They haven't made any moves in the, you know, the offseason. But by all means... He could be cooking something. Data Brown could be cooking something. Like I said, these guys are are like snakes. They they slither around, hunting their prey, and then at the last moment, bam, they grab them. So yeah. let them cook, like you said, Angel. Speaking of cooking, so is you know the major league hot stove is that water's in there? It's boiling. It's not boiling yet, but it's almost there because it's getting been, there. It's getting yeah. there. It's some free aging signings and. The Reds are making moves. They signed right-handed pitcher Emilio Pagan. Reportedly agreed to a two-year deal worth $16 million. And, you know, this name's pretty big out there. Kenta Maeda signed yeah. with the Tigers. He was with the, what, Twins? Twins, yeah. Start uh, so staying in the AO Central, signed a two-year deal worth $24 million. And then the Cardinals, again, their biggest falter was starting pitching. Well, they added... Former twin Astros fan saw him did really well. Sonny Gray on a three year deal and could be more than 80 million to 75 million dollars. Now, that's surprising three years, but he's getting a pretty hefty paycheck if you ask me. And this includes a club option for 2027 as well. Now, he's establishing that starting pitcher market, man. Yeah, 25 what AAV. Almost a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Three for twenty. Well, about right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hefty wow. penny right there. Just setting up the starting pitching market. Oh yeah, and then this name, Jason Hayward. Yeah, honestly, I didn't know he was still in the league. Well, he came back. The resurgence of Jason Hayward for LA. You know what? He likes it there. He likes the 
the beaches of LA. Well, he's coming back on a one-year deal, nine million dollars. Wow, that's I think that's a, that's a little overpay for Jason Hayward. Not gonna lie. No, I don't think. I think it's perfect. Actually, think so? I want to say it's perfect. Yeah, because he did have a so-so great year with the Dodgers. So I mean, it's like Michael Brantley. What I think he signed for like the seven million minimum minimum deal. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad pickup. And then there's moves in the you know Diamondbacks were just you know a few wins away from a World Series. That Evan Longoria is not. I don't think he's coming back. Well, they had a third base field where they got Eugenio Suarez from the Mariners. I know, I know Astros fans know that name for sure. <laughs> for Selby Zavala and right-handed pitcher Carlos Vargas, what do you think about that move, moving Eugenio Suarez from the AL West to the NL West? Well, honestly, I was shocked. I thought he did a pretty good, decent job. I mean, defensively, too, he's one of the best defending third baseman out there. I think at least top five, top seven. Uh, moving him, I thought that was surprising. But right now on the stove, they're saying that they're looking at Jameer Candelario, the guy that was with the Nationals and Cubs. Uh, honestly, they're just trying to bolster their lineup, I think. Eugenio, I think that was the biggest downfall with Suarez was – striking out too much i mean yeah. the mariners did strike out a lot as a team last year and suarez was one of those players that in crucial moments there there was some moments that he did good but obviously there were a lot of moments where he struck out with men in scoring position so and i wonder how that trade affects the clubhouse because you i remember we ended the season with them like with the mariners saying how they wanted moose done there were like a few pieces yeah. away and now they're instead of adding people they're trading away you know, so I wonder how that, you know, how the players feel in that clubhouse after that. I don't know. I think Suarez was a good clubhouse kind of guy. Right. If you look at him and see him on the field, I mean, he played with a lot of energy and just fun to being around, I think. so. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, those were the trades and signings that have been established. But now we got the rumor roll and, you know, things are, like you said, things are heating up. And a big name at the trade deadline this past season was Dylan Cease. Well, he ended up staying with the White Sox. But for John Morosi, there's been intensifying talks over the last 48 hours. And, you know, guess who – guess guess which team is, you know, intensifying these talks? Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, I would think I so like too. I like the Dodgers. I would think so too. But Atlanta are rumored to be among the fattenness for Cease, who – Lives in Atlanta, so great fit for both. But honestly, I think the Braves are trying to build a juggernaut because that lineup's already great. And then you add Dylan Cease to that pitching staff. I, I guess they're a little salty from their back-to-back postseason, uh, <laughs> um, you know, how they ended up in that. But, yeah, they also got Boba Chet. This is per Matt Cousy or Cousy, you know, that correct me if I'm wrong. Cubs have talked to the Blue Jays about Boba Chet, who would play third base for the Cubs. John Rosie mentioned that Cubs interested in Bichette last year and Bichette is signed through 2025 would cost a big return. Absolutely. Because he has that club control yeah. for two years. So that was going to be a little hefty penny for them as well. And then lastly, Juan Soto, which was again, a name that the Padres talked about in the uh, trade deadline. Now the talks between the Yankees and Padres over Juan Soto trade have progressed to the point of exchanging names. And that is per Anthony, Andy Martino. Some names have, that have been mentioned are outfitter Jason Dominguez, who is currently recovering from Tommy Johnson uh, surgery. surgery, Anthony Volpe, who 
played pretty good shortstop for the Yankees. Michael, I'm gonna go glove. Yeah, I mean, hey, so a lot, a lot better than pretty good. Michael King and Clark Smith. Well, there's some big names out there for an outfielder named Juan Soto. What do you think? Would you, I mean, would you do it though? That's the question. How if it was Jason Dominguez, Anthony Volpe, and either or of King or Schmidt, would you do it? How many years does Soto have on his contract? Do you know, rental one. Oh, rental absolutely. of a one year. If it, that includes all those, because you're getting Jason Dominguez, yeah, he is hurt. But because of that, I was like, you know what, throw in one more, you know, because I'm not getting Jason Dominguez till next year after he finishes recovering or even midseason if he recovers. You know, he's pretty young, so he can recover earlier. But I mean, I'll do it. That's a good package. And honestly, I, I'm not comparing Jason Dominguez to Juan Soto, but he looked pretty good in that short, like short stance, uh, short stand in the major leagues. And you know, what was it like seven games that he played? And he had like what three or four home runs already at that time. Yeah, I mean, small sample size, and obviously the league's going to adjust, but I mean, the, the potential's there. I think it would be a huge, huge upgrade for the Padres. Yes, Juan Soto leaving, but I mean, you still got talent there. You got Machado for a couple of years. Uh, Tatis still a couple of years. Bogarts just got that deal. I think this is a great move for the Padres. Yankee-wise, I think you are losing a lot if you do go get Juan Soto. But hey, you could be like the Rangers and win the World Series in that one year. Yeah, I don't know. If I was the Padres, I'll wait to see how. Because uh, again, like you just listed all those names in the pot, like for the Padres, so they're going to compete. Mm-hmm. Now, I would wait a little bit more, but then the thing is, you risk, you know, at that point, if you're not doing so good, you know, teams, like, teams are going to know you're kind of desperate to move them along where you might not get everything you want, right? So, yeah. Yeah, you can mimic it. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It's a risk, but yeah, I mean, hey, like you said, it's like heating up. But just to wrap it up, we have our 2023 MLB Comeback Player of the Year, which is for the American League, is Liam Hendricks and then NL Cody Bellinger. What do you think about those? Much deserve. Cody Bellinger did have one of his best years. <laughs> there was a tweet on social media that I found funny. It was like, yeah, Liam Hendricks came back and kicked Cantor's butt, but what, what about Cody Bellinger, on the other hand, he just sucked for two years. Yeah, I saw that one. I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but I mean, by all means, I mean, Cody Bellinger did have a great year. It was one of his best years since, I believe, what, 2018 Los Angeles Dodgers mm-hmm. or 2019, one of those years that he won the MVP. He did. A, he had a great year with the Cubs, uh, almost helped them go to the playoffs for the first time in a while. So, yeah, I think it was a great for the NL and EAL. Liam Hendricks beating cancer. I think any and if you could beat cancer, Automatic, you're you're gonna win that award. So by all means, for both them guys, it's a huge congrats. Absolutely. And then we have MLB reliever of the year, and for the AL, I think this was a no-brainer. And Baltimore Orioles Felix Batista had one of like if he would have stayed healthy, could have had a historical season in my opinion. And then for the National League, Milwaukee Brewers Devin Williams won the award. And then just to close out. The Mexico Series, which will feature the Houston Astros and the Colorado Rockies, will face off April 27th through the 28th in Mexico City. And you saw what happened last time with the Padres and uh, who was the in Giants. there? In the Giants, the balls were flying. So I think Ren Alvarez will be pump, pumping up those muscles real quick over there for the fans, or you know, because that ball travel is the high altitude in Mexico City, one of the highest cities in the if like in the world, and. 
that ball is going to fly. Now, tickets go on sale December 5th, so start making your plans, printing reservations, get those tickets out before they go over face value on those as well. Definitely. I don't know. Are you are you taking the trip out there? I don't know yet. I don't think so. You don't think so? We might, actually. Okay. There you go. It might be. I think it's a, it'd be cool. Go watch baseball somewhere else besides the U.S. It makes Obviously, the city beautiful. Yeah. So I think... My gosh, I guess my, I know. I guess my phone is telling me it's it is time to go. But uh, baseball winter meetings, like Angel said, I mean it's coming soon. It's starting next week, December third to the sixth in Nashville, Tennessee. That'd be a great place to go and visit. Honestly, I'd love to go to Nashville. Yeah. But I think a lot of GMs are going to be meeting up at the local country bars and the line dancing and try to figure out a way to kind of get these guys in maybe on a trade talk or on a free agent signing but remember three and six uh, obviously we'll cover that on our next episode maybe the astros make a move maybe silent little off season into the, the, the month of december but continue follows at full seam ahead on twitter or x whatever elon musk's app is and FSA Full Seam Ahead on Instagram, of course, our new YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't done so. TikTok as well. Uh, threads, we're still there. We, we still love that app. We, we love it to death. Uh, but the podcast platforms, of course, Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts out there. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like. Hit them five stars. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We haven't had a review since October, which I mean, is not too long ago. But I don't like that. I don't like that. I know. 27 ratings. Hey, we like to boost that number up. And like we said, for the offseason, of course, in December, maybe we do something different. Um, maybe we do MLB The Show Tournament Challenge. We, we discussed about doing that in the offseason. Uh, we'll try to do some more things coming into the new year of 2024. But like Angel had said a couple of episodes ago, big things are still continuing to come on through this pod. But until then, we'll talk to you all later. Y'all stay safe. Have a great week. And see you later. Oh, stay safe. It's supposed to be raining. Peace. Stay safe. Yes, for sure. Stay safe out there.